Welcome to the Common Ground Initiative. I'm Anthony Payton, and I hope to highlight the diversity of our communities with stories of people the average Granite Stater might not get to see or meet. The goal is to clarify misconceptions and find the thread that binds us all together as one New Hampshire community. When gangs target kids for recruitment, they're looking for youth who needs acceptance from their peers and guidance from someone older. Unfortunately, Manchester and many urban neighborhoods across America have an abundance of those kids. They seek to be respected by their peers, and some will go to any lengths to attain stature. When they see their friends and peers wearing the latest fashion and newest phones, it piques their interest. They come from homes where money is tight, and embrace a culture that prioritizes materialism. This is a toxic combination for kids in those environments and people in those communities. We hope that, if not from the guidance of their household, they learn social behavior from teachers and counselors. And we also hope that those kids will have some positive peer influences. But how does that kid take a mentor seriously when he's sharing his clothes with his siblings and living in a household below the poverty line? It's hard to expect these kids to be invested in classwork and furthering their education. External problems like hunger and economics can make the difference between a kid just going to school and a kid doing well in school and mapping their future. And don't forget, there are bullies in rough neighborhoods, some with weapons. These are the overlooked but tumultuous bubbles that some New Hampshire kids live in. It's not likely they'll tell their parents that their gaming friend is also a drug dealer whom others want to harm, and they hang out with him almost daily. This increases the likelihood that your child's affiliation will link him to your friend's criminal behavior. Even worse, your child can be physically harmed by rival dealers or rival gangs just by hanging out with that same friend. And in case you haven't figured it out by now, statistically, these kids' home life and environment don't typically churn out success. Positive youth programs have positively impacted kids' lives, increasing their chances of success. At-risk youth face criminal behavior, teen pregnancy, suicide, and drug abuse issues. According to federal research, mentoring by positive adult role models and older peers can prevent those negative outcomes. In the second part of this series, Avoiding Prison or an Early Death, I continue to highlight the organizations connecting this demographic to mentors from their communities. Programs like Big Brothers and Big Sisters of New Hampshire and the Manchester Police Athletic League look to bring positivity and structure to these young lives via mentorship and programs. They align youth with men and women who have been on the other side of the tracks and can now speak from an honest and experienced place. Robert Leone is the Recruitment and Corporate Partnership Manager for Big Brothers and Big Sisters of New Hampshire. A single mother raised Robert in the housing projects of Cambridge, Mass., in the 70s and early 80s. Although he went to a Catholic parochial school, he was still a project kid and had to deal with everything that went along with it. Peer pressure took Robert off course, and he followed the crowd, becoming an at-risk youth himself. Robert also had to fight and stand up when his bike was stolen or someone threatened his safety. He dealt with everything that a project kid endures, in addition to people addressing him like, hey, white boy, Robert was determined not to be the soft one. At Robert's high school, his teacher was from the U.S. Army Reserves. He told Robert that he was lucky to have ended up at that high school 
and then told Robert that he was joining the army. Luckily, unlike so many others, Robert eventually got on the right path as soon as he joined the military. Many times, this isn't the case. Big homies, as they're usually called, don't have the little homies' best interest at heart. This is especially true if the big homies lead a life of crime themselves. In those situations, they give the little homies drugs and guns to transport. They know the court system will be lenient on the younger guys. They're the negative influence and see the younger boys and girls as pawns to help them thrive and succeed. This is at the expense of the younger kids. Despite that, the little homies thrive on attention. As Tupac famously rapped, I hung around with the thugs, and even though they sold drugs, they showed a young brother love. When you look at the mechanics of big brothers and big sisters of New Hampshire, the same elements are in play. The love is there. The older youth lead the younger in the most positive and productive of ways. The big brothers and big sisters of New Hampshire provides a place for young boys and girls to be paired with a mentor that can help them get through periods of vulnerability, and they create a positive model for these young people to follow. They make a culture of empowering New Hampshire's youth and have taken mentorship to great heights, including one-on-one mentoring, workplace mentoring, and bigs with badges, which pairs these kids with members of law enforcement and other first responders. There are many programs at the Big Brothers and Big Sisters of New Hampshire that target kids with unique challenges. PRISM, which stands for Pride, Respect, Identity, Safety, and Mentoring, support kids who identify as LGBTQ, a demographic with higher chances of struggling with mental health and discrimination. Kids who've experienced trauma also have a chance to pair with mentors that can help them through their experiences. While Mentor 2.0, places emphasis on low-income and first-generation high schoolers. Big Brothers and Big Sisters of New Hampshire has served nearly 600 Grand Estate children, but the impact could be much greater. There are currently 232 children waiting for a mentor. These programs need community support from all of us. You, yes you, can make a difference by becoming a mentor or donating money during their Thankful Giving campaign, which is running now. From the outside, You think the colossal building on the corner of Beach and Lake Street in Manchester is a police academy or a substation with a formidable facade. But inside, there's an elite-level boxing gym, a well-kept kitchen used for culinary arts classes, and a huge area for wrestling and Aikido classes. This is where Impal looks to serve the 8,600 at-risk youth within a mile of the facility and beyond. John Rainville, executive director of Impal, explains that there is magic when officers meet and interact with community members and their children. This is how respect is built, and this is a way for people to have a sense of community. In addition, he loves watching the kids grow a sense of pride and confidence through athletics. Impal also hosts court diversion programs for first-time offenders. This program gives kids a chance at not having a criminal record or any blemishes in their background. Ultimately, They will sit in front of a panel to tell their story. The panel looks for consequences and atonement. John continues to let the kids know that they don't have to give in to the influences on those streets. Officer Ryan Hardy helps train the kids in boxing and other athletic programs that Impound offers. He believes familiarity is key in building relationships with these kids, and he sometimes brings his own children into the facility to interact with the Impound kids. He prefers those kids to see the human side of him, 
He lets them know he's more than just a uniform, and even proves this by sometimes showing up in casual wear. Ryan, who has been at Empower for three years, loves seeing how the kids come in versus how they leave. Whether they came in a bit rowdy or timid, they leave with discipline, respect for others, and respect for themselves. Ryan believes in not holding their hands and letting them lead themselves. Eventually, they will lead others. These programs, Big Brothers and Big Sisters of New Hampshire, Empal, and My Turn, another organization in Manchester dedicated to helping at-risk youth that I've covered previously, are all viable organizations that can change the life course of our young residents free of charge. Robert of Big Brothers and Big Sisters of New Hampshire knows this firsthand. When he returned from the military, he began working with a mentor who was a successful businessman. Robert rose through the ranks in sales and finances, but he felt the industry stripped away at his soul. Now he was in a position to provide the same type of guidance and mentorship that he had. In the same way he struck gold in terms of intervention and support, he wanted to give back to others in hopes of positively influencing their lives. Now 52, Robert is in a great place in his life and in his role. Within his position, he's helping those kids and meeting great people who also want to give back. The outlook seems grim, but we can give families and kids hope. People tend to look down on immigrants and the culture they brought to America, but I believe we need to adopt some of the community and family values they arrive at our shores with. Let each one teach one. We all need to get involved and start raising villages. This is Anthony Payton, host of the Common Ground Initiative, brought to you courtesy of the Granite State News Collaborative and the Marlin Fitzwater Center for Communication at Franklin Pierce University. I'm with my guest, Mr. John Rainville. Please introduce yourself to our audience, Mr. Rainville. Sure. Uh, I'm John. I'm the executive director of the Manchester Police Athletic League, which is a youth-serving nonprofit here in the center city of Manchester. I joined MPAL in March of 2021 after a 25-year career with the Boy Scouts of America based in Manchester. Grew up in Goffstown, earned a degree in outdoor education from UNH, and got my start in youth services working as a camp counselor, and then as a program specialist working with kids in the Manchester schools and the public housing developments here in town. Okay, great. And so in your role, like, what does a hectic day entail for you? How does that look? <laughs> a hectic day as the executive director of a small nonprofit with four staff involves a little bit of everything, generally at least one community meeting, forging partnerships, maybe with another nonprofit or government agency, something like that. Always a little bit of accounting and doing the books, some grant writing, reporting, always building maintenance issues that come up, keeping the building running. And then there's generally some kind of kid or parent-related drama on any given day that I, I get sucked into just a little bit, which is fun. It keeps me <laughs> keeps me close to the program and, and in tune with what's going on with the kids. Right. And speaking of that, we see that that didn't slow you down one bit. So uh, speaking about that, talk to us about the importance of mentorship for these young kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I feel like kids often feel stuck you know, if they're in a situation where they don't get a lot of parental attention, maybe parents are working multiple jobs or they're in, you know, a, a transitional housing situation or something, they start to wonder if anyone really cares if if they truly apply themselves or if it's worth it to try and 
even try hard, especially when they see adults in their life who are working hard and maybe not able to get ahead, feel kind of stuck. And when that happens, I think kids are susceptible to the negative influences that seem to offer some sort of status, acceptance, sometimes, unfortunately, even easy money. You know, one one wrong step in that direction towards towards gangs or drugs or anything like that. And it's, it's really tough to get back on track. I think that's why having a caring adult outside the family who's really paying attention, treating kids with respect, seeing their potential, and coaching them to make some healthier decisions, responsible choices, makes such a difference. Uh, you know, a mentor can really help kids see a positive future for themselves and encourage them to take steps to realize that future and really be successful. Wow, that's that's right on point. That's a bullseye, in my opinion. So what what makes Impal so successful? Well, first off, I think easy access, and that's really something we pride ourselves on. We, we offer all our programs for free. There's no program fees, no program costs. They're open enrollment, which means kids can really join at any time, um, no, no strict seasons. And it also means that, you know, being free with, with no set joining time, they don't have to make a big commitment to try things out. So it, it's very easy for kids to get in the door. We provide all the equipment and any special gear needed to participate in any of our activities. So families aren't having to lay out any cash to get involved. We're also really fortunate to be located right in the middle of the city where our services are really needed most. Having this community center right here at, at Beach and Lake is a real, real blessing. You know, the next thing is I think we offer some really unique programs that includes boxing, wrestling, Japanese Aikido, which is a martial art. We do indoor skateboarding and even a cooking class, things that aren't available many other places and especially at no cost. So, you know, we're, we're blessed to have a skilled and committed volunteer coaches that help kids learn the skills that may be completely new to them, maybe the first time they've ever tried it, including sometimes just basic fitness training, you know, working out in the gym and, and learning how to be healthy. And it doesn't take kids too long to feel the benefits of being active and really pushing themselves. And I guess last, maybe we, we offer some really intentional, focused intervention programs for kids that have gotten themselves into trouble or maybe on the bubble of uh, taking that wrong step. And that includes an accredited juvenile court diversion program and our Futures Peer Support and Mentorship Group. And these programs really give kids a second chance to sort of recognize mistakes that they've made and, and try to correct them and then provide ongoing support to help them make better decisions, prepare them for a brighter future. Right, because I was blown away when I went there. And shout out to Miss Adrian Royal, program director, and also Miss Judy Penland, program assistant. They took me on a tour of that Empower facility, and I was blown away at the boxing gym, the culinary arts facility that was upstairs. I was a bunch of guys on the floor wrestling when I walked in there. I said, "Wow, this is this this looks like a, a fun place." So, how can the community get more involved? Like, what is it that Empower needs from us? Well, first, we're always looking for volunteers for a wide range of roles. I mean, everything from assistant coaches to the front desk volunteers that help greet kids and check them in and out of the building and just build some relationships. You know, we also welcome groups looking to do community service, whether that's just, you know, a couple hours here or there, once a year, whatever. There's always cleaning and facility maintenance projects that, that we need help with because we have a really small team. You know, we don't have a custodian on staff. So sometimes those little things can build up over time. And we just need a, a group of 10, 12 people to come in and bang it out with us. And on a similar note, we'd certainly welcome anybody that has some skill in the trades to help with small repairs, little building projects around the place. And those things pop up from time to time. And we can find somebody volunteer to do that. Obviously, it, it saves us spending the money on that and helps us focus our, our funding on program instead. 
And on that note, the, the other thing that we always need help with is, is fundraising. So we can continue to offer programming at no charge. You know, volunteers can get involved in any of our fundraising event committees. We put on a couple special events throughout the year, and we need folks to join those committees, especially people that are you know, well-connected and can help us secure new sponsors and, and donors and, and invite new people into the MPAL family. And of course, we always welcome introductions to anybody who could recommend us maybe to their company's charitable program or advocate on our behalf for for grant awards from any foundations, trusts, that sort of thing. Right. Absolutely. So are there any upcoming events that people should know about? Yeah, well, we just wrapped up our big fundraising season with our annual ball in September, and we held the Foot Race for the Fallen 5K in October. So the next really big opportunity for the community to get involved and support our mission is going to be our Cornhole Tournament in May, which is a four-week sort of league-style cornhole competition. It's a ton of fun. We play either a Monday bracket or a Tuesday bracket throughout the month of May. People can keep an eye on our website, which is manchesterpal.org. That's PAL, P-A-L. Uh, manchesterpal.org or follow us on facebook to stay up to date and watch out for information on, on when that's coming up how to sponsor how to register a team those are open to people from you know the individual level all the way up to major corporate sponsors and you know i guess last anyone who's interested in, in learning more about us you know like you were saying anthony you were blown away when you popped in here you know if, if we had a dollar for everybody who said that when they finally come into the building we'd be well funded into the future so i always like to extend the invitation to people to come in and get a tour we're here monday through friday stop by see what's going on and uh, and then tell your friends about it I, yeah that was great john like wow <laughs> So the one question that we always ask here at Common Ground Initiative that's not on the paper, sure. because I'm, I'm a foodie and we're foodies here. So, John, you're hungry right now. You go into your refrigerator. You're about to make it happen. <laughs> what are you making happen? Or are you going to a restaurant? And if you're going to that restaurant, who is it and what are you grabbing to eat? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, I love Mexican food. I don't oh, cook. God, yes. uh, you know, I, I can make a quesadilla. <laughs> and so when I'm desperate, that's what I go for. <laughs> but if uh, if I can get out to, to any of the local Mexican places, I love to do that. And every day will be different. Tacos one day, you know, burritos, anything. Sounds good to me. Man, I, we had Daniela Ali here from um, NHPR. Yep. And um, I was talking with her and uh, I told her, like, I am addicted to California burrito. I don't know if you've been down there, but it's that mango pico de gallo. Like, oh, yeah. I go for it every time. And I need to not be around that. But when I do get it, it's on like popcorn, man. So, uh, <laughs> you know. All right, John, man. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Common Ground Initiative. And like I said, man, I, I definitely, my hand is extended. I have time. Like, I would love to get involved with you guys a little bit more. And hopefully the community picks up and follows suit. Fantastic, Anthony. Really, really appreciate this opportunity. It was great talking with you and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. This program was produced in collaboration with me, Anthony Payton, the Granite State News Collaborative and the Marlin Fitzwater Center for Communication. You can read more of my work at collaborativenh.org and listen to more of these stories wherever you can get your favorite podcasts.